the student broadcast voice of Marshall University, WMUL-FM, Huntington. Stay tuned for another sports presentation on the worldwide leader of Marshall University Athletics coverage, the Cutting Edge Sports Radio Network. It's time for Sports Buzz, WMUL's weekly sports talk show with a competitive twist. Four enter, but only one will leave as this week's champion of current sports topics. And now, here's this week's moderator. Good evening, welcome into Sports View. I'm your host, Andrew Rogers, for this edition of Sports Buzz to wrap up a long sports night. We've got four guys going to battle it out. I think we've had this group of four before. Correct me if I'm wrong. I don't know who won, though, but we've had these group of four, so we'll let someone start us off here. It's probably Alex that won because he always Hello, wins I am Zane Townsend. I'm a New England Patriots fan. This is uh, my third time being on Sports Buzz this semester. And, well, let's get into it. I want to win tonight. I'm my first dub ever. This is Christian Palmer was... Just helping out with the Sports Review Show. Happy to join Sports Buzz. Uh, Alex Jackson here. Um, put a lot of prep work into this one. We're excited. Okay. So uh, we're going to go ahead and uh, get this one underway here after another person. And we got the Zimmer slide. Justin Zimmer, have to slide it. You all found it in music last week. Yeah, you found it in music too, so how to slide it. If we were on camera right now, you'd probably be like, be- you'd have better Collinsworth slide than Chris Collinsworth or whatever. It's a Zimmer slide. All right, so let's get right into it. We'll start in the NFL, and let's particularly talk about two divisions here, uh, the AFC North and the AFC West. All four teams are in the hunt right now, and obviously it's only week six. It's only been six weeks of football, but all four, one team teams, all four teams are relatively close in the division race. You can't really say that about any other division in the National Football League. So what's going to happen in that North in the, in the AFC North and the AFC West. We'll start with Christian Palmer on this one. Uh, and just kind of give me a team that you think is overachieved and that won't stay toward the top and will kind of flutter off and which team you think maybe could win it all. There we go. Steelers are winning it all. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I, don't, I don't believe that. We, you know, we, we talked a little last week, and me and Alex have been joking recently that whoever we will pick against on Sports Buzz, we're almost always wrong or we'll end up – praising somebody and cursing them but last week we talked about how the the Ravens were maybe a little overrated at four and one a couple of games they could have dropped and then they just come out and absolutely dominate the Chargers show maybe they do deserve that five and one record the the team that has really surprised me so far has been the Bengals I think that they will be fighting for first place all the way up until the end and it really hasn't been it's been a weird season for the Browns as well. A little bit of a letdown so far. They would like to be much better than 3-3. Three and three. Dealing with a lot of injuries, though, at the moment. And the losses came mostly against good teams. The Chiefs, who have struggled, but that's always a tough team to beat. And then they lost to the undefeated Cardinals last week. The, the whole division has looked pretty, pretty solid, besides the Steelers for the most part. Steelers won the last two weeks, but don't have any false hope, Pittsburgh. Yeah, so I the way I look at it is I think the Browns are in trouble with the amount of injuries that they have piling up. 
Kareem Hunt hurt, Nick Chubb hurt, Baker Mayfield hurt, Jarvis Landry's still on IR. You have just so many injuries piling up at really bad times for the Browns. I think that there, there's potential for them to be in trouble. I think right now the Ravens should be the favorites to win the North. I was surprised by their performance against the Chargers because in that game Lamar Jackson did not play particularly well, and they dominated. They won by 28 points. So I was impressed with that. Obviously I agree with Christian about the, the Bengals being a, a surprise team. They're 4-2. and two. So again, I think it'll be – Fairly close. I think the Browns are probably going to drop off here just because of the amount of injuries they have, and like they they don't have momentum. If they drop one uh, to the Broncos tomorrow night, things really aren't going to be looking good for them uh, the rest of the way. So we, we'll get a lot of these um, interdivisional matchups. I think it'll play out pretty interestingly. But right now, I'd say the Ravens are the favorites. The poor Brownies. The poor Brownies. I swear. Have just last year, just or this past season, they finally get things together, and then. It all just crumbles down. They're back to being the factory of sadness right now with all the injuries. Uh, so they went from having hope to endless pain right now. Not pain like a Chargers or a Falcons fan, but it's it's pretty much painful for them. The Baltimore Literal Ravens. Pain. Yeah, the, the Baltimore Ravens, they're the most random team this season. Like one minute, one minute they are having a great game. Like against the Chargers, uh, but then they struggle against the Detroit Lions. It's it's kind of a weird mystery box, sort of. We don't know what we're going to get with the Ravens. The Bengals have been looking pretty good. Zach Taylor has actually gotten things together, and Joe Burrow, despite having a throat contu- uh, contusion, yeah, a throat contusion, like uh, against Green Bay and coming in dominating the Lions. It's it's been pretty interesting with what the Bengals have been able to pull off. Steelers, on the other hand, yeah, there's nothing's going to happen for them right now. Nothing good's going to happen. I got a bad feeling about them. As for the AFC West, it's pretty close. I would not expect a Super Bowl contender like the Kansas City Chiefs to uh, kind of falter like they have. But uh, I do like what the Chargers are giving us. So, so, so real quick, it's AFC West and AFC North. Yes. Okay. All right. Just want to make sure I understood the question correctly. Well, first off, I think in the AFC North, the Browns have had numerous injuries all year. You you, you lose Baker Mayfield. He's out tomorrow night against the Broncos. The Bron, you know, he's out tomorrow night. Case Keenum gets the start. So I don't. So I think the loss for the Browns here. I think the Ravens against a very good Los Angeles Chargers. I, I make sure I didn't say San Diego. Los Angeles Chargers. I mean, I thought they did a very good job. And so the, the the Ravens go in. The Ravens the, the Ravens get a win against the Chargers. And then look look looking at the AFC West. I think you eliminate Las Vegas from it. Las Vegas right now is an absolute. Uh, it's no longer a dumpster fire. It's now it's now a fire. But they got to figure something out with 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 the coaching situation with Rich Bisaki. I think they're gonna have a tough year. So I'm gonna go with the Char. I think Kansas City wins the West. I think Kansas City's gonna get it together near the end of the year. AFC North. Sorry, Christian Steelers aren't winning. I'm gonna go with the. Uh, I know it's okay. That's what I said. You have I ne- agree with you. You have, you have next year. All right, all right. Just get, get to your point, Zimmer. Right. At least you didn't lose a heartbreaker to the Cowboys. So I'm gonna go with the uh, in, in the North. I'm gonna go with uh, the the team of Nick Verzlini's love, the Baltimore Ravens. I'm from Maryland, also. I, I actually have to get back home, Christian. So I'm gonna go. <laughs> she's already off the rails. I'm gonna go with the Ravens. I, I just think you look at Lamar Jackson. 
He finally, he, he beat the boogeyman and Patrick Mahomes. He had to beat Mahomes until... Well, boogeyman said they never won a game, but... Yeah, I'm going to go with the Ravens, and I'm going to go with the uh, the Chiefs. And I guess me and Alex should... Because me and Alex mostly talked about the North, so that that was my mistake. But I'll throw in my pick for the West as well. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go with the Chiefs. They've struggled so much early on. Mahomes and company are going to turn it on. I've got all the faith in the world in those guys, and with all the struggles, hardly out of first place at the moment. I mean, next week they could be tied for first place. I'm going Chiefs. Yeah, I, I would say the Chiefs are, are not a bad pick. I also would not necessarily write off the Chargers because, you know, who else beat the boogeyman, Patrick Mahomes, Justin Herbert, and he beat him at Arrowhead. So I wouldn't write off the Chargers either. I don't think the Chiefs are a bad pick. I would say the, the Raiders and the Broncos are on a downward slide here, and I don't think they'll they'll do much. I, and what I mean boogeyman, it's not like he's a bad Okay, thank you, Andrew. Don't need to yell. But we talk about the boogeyman. Like, it's just very difficult for teams to beat Mahomes, and so didn't see Mahomes in his fourth year. Teams that are, he's always lost, won are now losing to him. All right, great discussion, guys. And actually, I want to lead in. That'll lead us in. We talked about somebody mentioned the Chiefs there. I think Christian mentioned in Mahomes and the offense and the Chiefs. I want us to lead into that discussion here in the NFL. Should we be concerned about Patrick Mahomes in this start? Obviously, I've kind of got Christian's take on it, but he can still pile in here and, and talk about this. But should we be concerned about the defending Super Bowl champs? Or not the defending Super Bowl champs, but one of the better teams in the league. I We shouldn't worry about him because we're not them. But uh, I do believe Patrick Mahomes might have to worry about how he's been playing so far this season. Uh, he has been pr- throwing pretty much. He's trying to play hero ball. He's acting like Carson Wentz in his last year in Philly where he just kept making like throws that would not work mostly. But when they do work, they do work greatly. I, I, it's kind of a weird situation right now in Kansas City. Well, I, I still think that when you're looking at the Chiefs, really the only game that they were completely just outclassed in was uh, the game against the Bills. I mean, you, you talk about the loss to the Ravens. If you know Clyde Edwards-Hilaire doesn't fumble the football, they're probably going to win that game. And Patrick Mahomes made a lot of great plays in that one. I think it's been more of a problem with the defense. There have been so many miscommunications. It's almost like every Sunday – uh, you're looking at Tyron Matthew saying, like, what happened to the defense, guys? What are we doing? He starts yelling at people. They closed out really nice against Washington on Sunday. I believe they ended with a 21-0 run. So, look, at, at some point in their career, every quarterback who's a top-level quarterback will have some struggles, and people will be like, oh, what about what's happening with them? I think that, you know, we, we've seen what Mahomes can do. They won the Super Bowl, went to the Super Bowl last year. So I think that... I, I still have faith in Andy Reid. I have faith in this Chiefs team that eventually will be turned around by the end of the year. I think you talk about faith. I actually have concerns in the Chiefs' offense. I just, they just haven't been explosive all over the field. The issue is, if this was a normal year, we'd be like, okay. The, you know, the rest of the the rest of the AFC West is a disaster. Denver Denver hasn't been good in the past couple of years. Las Vegas hasn't been good the past couple of years. Trying to remember Las Vegas, and then uh, Las Vegas. Any forget. Who, Denver. Den- no, I said Denver. I'm trying to remember who the team is. Are you thinking L.A.? No, I said L.A., but... The Chiefs? The Chiefs. The Chiefs, no. The team we're talking about? <laughs> yeah, the Chiefs. <laughs> There's a third team besides... Maybe I said all three of them, but... Yeah, you did. But the, the thing is this. Normally, the other three teams have been so bad, it's not, okay, okay, the Chiefs can win, you know, but you, you have Brandon Staley, I think... I, He's probably going to win Coach of the Year. He's done a phenomenal job with Herbert in, in year one out of his first year out of Los Angeles. Oakland, they started off well. I think they're going to be the ones that are going to go down to the bottom. 
And then Denver, I think it's really hard to get a read on them. Well, I, th- I think Denver, I'm like, I'm, I think they're going to be good. We're, up, we're almost at the halfway point. I think they're about to go down into the second half. So I think Kansas City wins, but I think it's not going to be the cakewalk that they're used to. Yeah, but, I mean, I feel like you kind of contradicted yourself there. You said, well, in normal seasons, everyone's a dumpster fire. You've called the Las Vegas Raiders a dumpster fire on several occasions on this show. Well, I, I, just just consider what's gone on this year. You lost your head coach last week. Now you have an interim head coach. So they shouldn't be good, right? Like, they're going to fall down, so it would be... They, they're they're going to... I think they will fall down. So it shouldn't... Really, the only team that would compete would be the Chargers, right? As of right now, yes. And another thing, the AFC West I, I, has not been usually a dumpster fire. I mean, the past couple seasons we had well, the, well, the, what should be the San Diego, but now LA Chargers, they were in the playoffs back in the 2018 season. I mean, they made the wild card round. The Broncos year. have been solid in previous years. The Raiders really? were the Raiders, in 2016. The Raiders were uh, b- barely almost like made well, the wild card last year well. Since Vic Vangio take, took over Denver, it's, been, it's not been great. It's been a dumpster fire. Well, then that's exactly our point. But you, you, but so this you're year, saying that but, they, this, but this year they've been good so far, not right? not really. They've lost three in a row, and they've looked like they started off well. Now, they're but going, they played against some of the worst teams in the league. They played the Jaguars, the Giants, and the Jets. So, okay, well, let's, based let's, on their body of work right now, they're not necessarily a top team. I would say that the AFC West is having a pretty typical AFC West year, and I think that it's. Gonna I, don't, come, I don't think it's a typical AFC West year. At least the past recent years, I don't think it's typical. Right now, Kansas City would be like well, okay, three so games last, ahead of everybody else. Last year, the Raiders were a fringe playoff team. And the year before the that... Fringe the, is delicate, yes. Then 2019, we had the Chargers be a fringe playoff team. Then the year before that, the Chargers made the playoffs. So, I mean, you're, the, it's usually a pretty solid division, but it's not anything too crazy this year. I think that it's everything's still out in front. of Really, for any of these teams, I think the Chiefs are the one who you take because of prior success, but... I don't think anything too out of the ordinary is going on here. It's not like the AFC East from the Patriots' dominant years. We're not talking about that. That's not what the AFC West is. I'm not going to you know, overreact react or anything. I'm slightly worried about the Chiefs. Mainly, I'm worried about the Mahomes play so far. Mahomes has thrown at least one interception in all three of the Chiefs' losses so far this year. He has five straight games with a pick he's already thrown more interceptions than he did the last two seasons this year and Alex you mentioned a good point a lot of the games that the Chiefs have been in have been super close this year Mahomes is going to need to limit his turnovers in order for Kansas City to win these close contests great discussion everyone Um, let's move on and go to the national basketball association opening night last night we'll save that question here for a moment i want to ask first about the 76ers situation ben simmons was kicked out of practice i think that was monday maybe it was yesterday i don't know i'm just checking days now but uh yesterday's chuck star had a good take on it yesterday say that again chuck started a good take oh yeah okay but uh Will Ben Simmons's shenanigans affect the 76ers' play this season? When I ask that, it's not so much if, if, if he gets traded, but is it's more so will his shenanigans and acts and what's happened here in the offseason affect what Philly does this year? Not just his presence on the court, but not really knowing, is he going to show up to practice? Is he going to play with us? Will that affect Philly throughout the season? Is it just one of those early season things? I don't know. Alex is raising his hand. Start us off. I want to just say, first of all, I was incredibly surprised by this outcome based on what we had been hearing about he was going to come back. And I thought it made sense for Ben Simmons to 
play with the 76ers, put their differences aside, even if he wants to be out to increase his trade value. This completely destroys your trade value, so it, at best you're going to end up somewhere that's not a competitor, you're not going to get a good fit, and now you've made uh, the 76ers very unhappy, so if they were to trade you, they're going to make sure you're not going to be happy where you're going, because they've, they've made a fool He's made a fool out of the 76ers by being like, oh, yeah, I'll show up. I'm going to show up to practice everything. And then he's going out there and not taking the team seriously. Super unprofessional by Ben Simmons. I understand that he's frustrated, but he should be frustrated with his own play. He should be frustrated with himself because it's not like the team's been letting him down. He's been letting himself down by not developing a three-point jumper, by not uh, showing out in, in crucial playoff moments. So I think that he has himself to blame for this and the fact he's coming in with the 76ers upset for some reason really bad look for Simmons as far as it affecting the 76ers I think as long as they can find a way out for him I don't think it will but who knows this could end up being a circus if he sticks around for a while and is just in the background but if Doc Rivers goes with the suspension and says you're not allowed in our facility I don't think it'll have that much of a factor here here's the thing that's happening first of all he's being selfish you're in a team sport you got to play as a team you are a member of the team. Your job is to be at practice and participate. If you want to be a selfish little brat, just just step outside. The, just leave. You don't have to show up to practice. You don't have to show up to games. You already make a lot of money. Here's the issue. If he's doing these shenanigans now, you think 29 other teams are going to be lining up at the door at Philadelphia store and be like, can we have Ben Simmons? Heck no. It's just true. A team that you want to build a positive culture you're not going to bring in someone who's not participating with his teammates. I don't. You could be. You could be Andrews, Los Angeles Lakers, or you could be the Washington Wizards. You can't. You're not going to bring a player in that's not that that that's toxic to the culture environment. And right now, Ben Simmons, he's being toxic to his teammates. And following up that point, Justin, Philadelphia said they aren't going to settle for a minimal return for Simmons. They want quality players back that they can help keep them but, with a championship roster. And, and as you mentioned, he is destroying his trade value, and that's why I think that this problem is going to go on for a little bit longer. The 76ers aren't really budging. It, it doesn't seem like Ben Simmons is budging either. And, of course, it's going to affect their season because he's one of their best players. And Joel Embiid... Their other star said yesterday he doesn't care about him at all. This is 100% going to affect them. It's becoming a drama club. That's what it's becoming. And that is the world of the NBA. It only has been a drama club in some way, one way or another. But Ben Simmons is taking it to a whole other level. I do think the 76ers are going to be affected this season as long as he's staying on the team. So I would take, cut my losses and get something minimum at this point. Yeah, that's what no, I would. No other GM's gonna want him. I'm sorry. No, if I, no that's what they said about Antonio Brown whenever he left no, the Raiders. What, what happened? And I want to get back to the topic here. I've got everybody's opinion except yours. I know how you feel about the situation, but I want to know: Is Philly gonna not miss his presence? But again, get back to the questions. Will Philadelphia be affected by what Ben Simmons has created this offseason? I understand that the fit is obviously, and he's not showing up and all that, and that's his personal thing. But is this gonna affect Philly this season? Heck yes. As long as he stays on that roster, yes, yeah, it, it is. It does affect. It does affect because you're, you're trying to build a culture. You have to have 15 guys pulling on the same rope in the same direction. This that's a quote from Dusty Baker. You, you have to have every guy pulling pulling in the same rope from, <laughs> from from the G League to the NBA to the front office. Every person on, on that team has to pull the rope in the same direction to the same common goal. If you have one person not on the rope, it affects. It, it not only affects the play of the 76ers. It affects every person who's involved with the 76ers organization. Yeah, and I think that the 76ers are just going to have to cut their losses here, and I think they're going to have to say, well, 
listen, we'll we'll take minimal value because we don't want him to no tank our season. Him, you Who, could find somebody. No, no, yes, you could. No, no, you're not. Yeah, find anybody. it's not. Like, it's not like another sport. There was a trade like for Jimmy Butler, wasn't players. there? Remember Jimmy Butler in Minnesota? Everyone said, "Oh, he's untradeable." This, that. Where would he end up? He ended up in Philly. Actually, there's always a trade. You there just have to be. You just trade. have to be willing to maybe take something in return that's not what you originally wanted. There's always a trade, though. Right, but then you have to worry about Simmons. He's already have, he's already acting up in Philadelphia. You better hope if you're if you're a GM bringing him into your building, you better hope he's behaving there, or else, or, or you don't know what you're gonna get. He's gonna either act up in your organization. Uh, use the word analogy. You can't just trade someone and be like, okay, now you're happy. You better hope that he's behaving and cooperating with his new teammates and not being selfish. Final topic in the first half of Sports View before we take a break and kick someone off this program. Uh, we'll stay in the NBA and talk about what happened to last night. Big takeaways from opening night. Brooklyn went to Milwaukee, lost by 20-plus. No Kyrie Irving. I think they are missing LaMarcus Aldridge maybe too as well. A couple other pieces. Los Angeles Lakers lost to the Golden State Warriors at home by seven points in Russ's debut. So overall thoughts on what we saw last night from opening night, and does that kind of mean what we saw from – is it Milwaukee going to repeat? Uh, so just kind of generalize what happened last night in the NBA. We'll start with Zane on this one. I do think uh, Milwaukee had a pretty good appearance last night. They really came to play against the Nets, and the Nets are really missing Kyrie Irving. It's pretty bad. It's 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 obvious that they're missing him. Uh, Golden State, it wasn't. I thought LA was going to win with all the talent that they accumulated over the off season. The fact that the Warriors won over the Lakers, I was a bit surprised by that. But uh, I do think, based on these two games that we saw, we know how the NBA season is going to go. It's obviously going to be going to be Milwaukee going to repeat this year. Well, I disagree that you can say that's how the entire season is going to go. I mean, it's opening night. It's opening night, but the NBA has always been the same for years. It's always... I disagree completely. It's always the one team that had won the previous year is going to make it again. I disagree with that. Because you have... Okay, so the Lakers won the championship in the bubble in 2020, did not even make it out of the first round the next year. The previous year, the Raptors won the championship with Kawhi Leonard, and then they only made it to the conference semifinals. So it's I, I disagree with that. I think that that's only if you have a dynasty. I'm not saying that I don't... Which is pretty easy to make in the NBA. A dynasty team is pretty easy to make in the NBA. They have too much of a soft cap. Give me a salary cap like that of the NFLs or the NHLs, and I'd like to see more parity in the NBA because I've already seen well, you've been what seeing the NBA the season has to offer. There hasn't been a repeat champion since Golden State like five years ago. And you know the last repeat champion in the NFL was in the early 2000s. Yeah, but what I'm saying is like there's been parity. Like this this past postseason was like the most parity that's ever happened in due, in the NBA due to a pandemic. <laughs> so what I was saying is I I do think the Bucks have a pretty solid chance uh to repeat just because of it's it's got, Brooklyn has to work some things out here. They they're a team that that has been all about their offense. Interestingly enough, James Harden only took four free throws last night. It'll will eye and see how that uh new rule is going to affect him. I forgot about that. That was actually real interesting. Yeah, so and Milwaukee, of course, defeated Brooklyn last year in a very hard-fought series. I think Milwaukee, you know, they, they have the confidence now saying that they won it last season. So I, I, I do think that they have the potential to repeat, but I, it's not going to be easy for them. I, I don't think it's going to be easy to get out of the East. It's going to be – there's going to be some wars there. I think the Nets can give them some real pushback as well, and, and, and we'll just have to see what happens. 
my biggest takeaway from last night is, my goodness, how top-heavy still are the Lakers. LeBron and AD go off 67 points combined. Not a single other player on the Lakers reaches double figures in scoring. Russell Westbrook had an underwhelming debut, five rebounds, four assists, eight points. Not going to move the needle a whole lot with that performance. Obviously, he he will have better games along the way. And it's kind of the opposite story for the Warriors. There were six players in double figures last night for Golden State. Curry didn't have to carry the team on his back like he did a lot of points last season, putting doing most of the scoring by himself. He was the team leading scorer with 21 points, but Jordan Poole was right behind him. He had a really nice performance, hit eight field goals, had 20 points, four three-pointers. Was impressed what I saw from the Warriors' depth and the Lakers' still lack of. Well, I'll, I'll say this first night, because as our friend Ben Cow would say, you know, Andrew Rogers is, is the uh, judge during executioner, so <laughs> i got to be careful with uh, how, how I – Praise the LeBron squad. I think you know. I think they had a very good night on their first night. Russell Westbrook a little underwhelming again, but Brooklyn, as they mentioned it, Kyrie Irving. You know, talk about talk about teams that you know are having problems. You know, Philadelphia. It's more Ben Simmons did it on his own, uh, his own making. You know, Kyrie. You know, he made the personal choice not to not to get the vaccine, but it's apparent. You know, and I think if Brooklyn wants to be a championship contending team. They got to figure out how they're going to fill in Irving's spot. So I think that that's a glaring problem. I don't want to say Milwaukee wins the East and repeats because I do think Philadelphia has a chance. But I think until the Simmons shenanigan gets figured out, you, you have to give the Bucks the favorite. I agree. I think we are. I think we are looking at another Bucks-Lakers uh, series. So what you're saying is swap out Ben Simmons and Kyrie Irving in a trade? Well. I, I, I don't, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know if Simmons is the fit because I think Brooklyn also could look like a little bit of a drama club situation there when you have Harden. Well, Kyrie's now out of the out of the picture, at least as of now. There hasn't been much on Harden or KD recently. No, not recently, but you never know. You never know when that could respark back up when the club moves from from Philadelphia up 495 to Philadelphia. All right, guys, I love that discussion. It's time for a break. We come back. Somebody's going to be gone. We've got more sports topics to talk about. It's Sports Buzz on the Cutting Edge Sports Radio Network. Here we are. Lookout point. Wow, Jim. The stars are so beautiful tonight. Hey, is that a UFO? The light! It's got me! Jim! Jim! Mary! What? Where am I? Greetings, Earthling. Ah! We require your help. We detected an unusual signal coming from your vehicular object. You must tell us what it is. Or else... Whoa! Take it easy! I was just listening to WMUL. WMUL? Yeah? It's my favorite radio station. So that's what good radio sounds like. The rumors are true! Mission accomplished! We must report this to our queen. Goodbye, Earthling! Wait, what? Jim! Are you okay? What was that? The truth, Mary. WMUL? 
is out of this world. Welcome back to Sports Buzz. I'm Andrew Rogers. We've got four other guys battling it out in the first half hour. We're going to eliminate it to three. Zane Townsend, Christian Palmer, Alex Shanks, and Justin Zimmer here with us. Justin Zimmer is no longer here with us. Going to take a month here. Just thought the other three had too much to handle for you, Justin. So uh, any final thoughts before we get into the second segment here? I'm good. Thank you for having me. I'll, I'll come back and we'll have a conversation about it. We appreciate what you are able to do for us tonight on the show. Best of luck in the future. Thank you. I couldn't play paper basketball tonight. I was getting ready to play. All right. Justin's mic has been muted. We're down to three red buttons here that are highlighted on the, on the board here in Studio A. Alex Jackson, Zane Towns, and Christian Palmer, the final three here on Sports Buzz. We'll go back to the National Football League. And I always love doing these questions. So we're going to do this one right here, okay? Which team, what, what happens first? The Lions win first or the Cardinals lose first? We'll start with Christian on this topic. Lions win first, Cardinals lose first. Which one's more likely to happen? Cardinals losing first. That's what I'm going to have to go with. They play the Packers in two weeks. I think that could be a very close game, and it's not more me thinking that the Cardinals are going to lose that game. It's just that the Lions' upcoming schedule, I, I don't really see many games that I think they're going to win. I think they could beat the Eagles. They, they play the Rams this week. They're going to lose. Of course, they're going to lose to my Steelers. You know that. Um, I think it's the, more likely that the Detroit Lions are going to win first, Christian. Maybe, maybe, but I don't know. that. I'm going to have to go with the, the Cardinals. The Packers, on any given Sunday, could beat any team in the league, and I don't love the Lions' upcoming schedule and basically everything always goes wrong for the Lions so why why not go with make your point Zane so I can disagree with you yeah, all right uh, <laughs> I think the Lions have a bigger chance because of this coming Sunday they're playing against a really struggling Philadelphia Eagles team I mean not this coming Sunday but like this coming Sunday they're playing the Rams but a couple weeks from now they're playing the Eagles who's been really struggling as of late in the NFC East they're pretty much like what third fourth place in that division they're not doing well, and it, it it's kind of like a mess of a situation with Howie Roseman and how he's controlling that team. Uh, they couldn't even execute the Philly special against the 49ers. They haven't been really being able to execute any much of anything at all, really. Okay, if you're talking about the Eagles against anybody else, sure, but it's the Lions. Literally, the Lions have, first of all, they have the fourth toughest remaining schedule, okay? And uh, they rank 25th in yards allowed at 384 per game, and they're 26th against the run. So their defense has just been horrible. So it really doesn't matter. I think you throw Marshall out there, they get some yards on this Detroit team. It's just not a good football team. And again, they, I don't see a win it, here. It's and they're not a good football team. But you know what's more dangerous than playing a good fo football team and not a very good football team because you don't want to lose to them. Look at the 0 26 Tampa Bay Buccaneers when Arch Manning said it would be irrelevant to, to this conversation though. To this, it, lose to the Buccaneers. Well, they lost, and well, we're talking win, about this we're season. talking about a winless Lions team. Nobody wants to be the first ones to lose to that Lions team. So they shouldn't lose. Then they'll they'll play hard to not lose. That's what you'd expect. Exactly. But sometimes those things just do not happen. But but you're if you're talking, you're, it's all about time. It just here. happened last week with the Dolphins and the Jaguars. The both Jags of those teams running. were bad. Both of those teams were bad, but the Jaguars broke their 20-game losing streak. Against a 1-in-5 Dolphins team. 
a so Dolphins team that had already had one win in the season. Yeah, and you know who has the Eagles have won this season, so it's like what it doesn't matter. And like the the fourth toughest remaining schedule for them, and then you look at the Cardinals. They also have a tough stretch of games, so I don't see a win on the line schedule, and I see a, quite a few losses coming up for the Cardinals, potentially having to play the Packers on a short week on Thursday night football. That's what we're talking about. I'm not going to sit here and argue that I think the Lions are good. I think the Lions are really bad. I don't think that they're going to win a game before Arizona uh, will lose a game because just of how the timing works. Now, maybe they'll squeak in a, a game at the end of the year. I'm not saying they're not going to win a game all year, but... The way the timing is right now, their schedule's not letting up, and Arizona also has tough games. So I the think best chance that that Lions team has to win against the Eagles and against Pittsburgh Steelers. I disagree. I disagree with that, but I think that I, I'll see the Cardinals losing. I think they'll beat the Texans when they play next. But oh, that's a given. I, I think that because of the the, the schedule that, that's coming up for the Cardinals, I think they will lose before the Lions will win a game. Even Big Big can even Big Ben could pick the Lions apart. I mean, come on. Yeah. Steers are winning that game. Yeah, the Lions are horrible, so All right, great discussion, guys. I always like asking those questions as I previous previously had talked about. Let's go over to two 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 late minute decision here. Let's talk about major league baseball. There is a game going on. Um NLCS is about to get going game four. The ALCS prepared to talk about it. Didn't realize the game was gonna be going on, but the Astros up 7-1, to so it looks like they're going to be able to take Game 5 here and take a crucial Game 5 to go up 3-2. to two. So how do we see that series ending, presuming the Red Sox can't score six runs in the final two innings? Can the Red Sox come back and win the final two, or is this the Astros going back to the World Series? We'll start with Alex. Well, I'll tell you what. This series completely changed last night in the ninth inning. We were tied. I, I was looking at my phone that that series was tied and then all of a sudden I look and it's nine to two and then I'm looking at my phone before the show today and the Astros are up seven to one like the shift in momentum has been incredible here and all of a sudden it looks like the Astros are going to take this one uh Christian and I had been talking about this he said it's going to be beautiful chaos and it looks like it's going to be beautiful chaos and uh, after the uh, Red Sox 12-3 win it, it, I didn't know if it would be that way and it was a a tight game four until the very end there and then all of a sudden, the Astros have taken all the momentum here. So I, I think it looks like the Astros series. Not I only think, all the, oh, go, go ahead, Zach. Go ahead. Sorry, Christian. Um, I think the Astros have had the Red Sox number since a couple years ago in that 2018 ALCS. And now that they've had that opportunity to come back against them in a series, I definitely think the Astros have this one in the bag. Unless, of course, uh, well, the recent curse of Houston occurs. Not only are the Astros winning this series, the Astros are winning the World Series. The Astros, I texted you this earlier in the week, Alex. Uh, as I mentioned earlier, we were kind of joking back and forth that whoever we picked was getting cursed. The Astros go down in their series. They lost big to Boston, and then they come back. They never waver. This team has been th through so much the past few years a lot of it you know brought on by themselves of course but that has led to them being such a battle-tested group they do not care when 40 some thousand people in Fenway Park are all yelling at them cheering when Altuve makes an error or gets hit by a pitch or bringing out trash cans this team doesn't care they're down their best starting pitcher their ace Lance McCullers missed the whole series and so what do they do? Just dominate with their offense today, giving up one run to this powerful Red Sox team. If the Red Sox, granted, you know, give credit where it's due, they they 
hit the grand slams and they earn them, but man, a couple of swings of the bat difference and Houston's maybe dominating this series. I think Houston's going to go all the way. Houston is definitely hell-bent on winning a championship this year after the entire uh, scandal that occurred last year in that investigation. They're like the 2007 Patriots. Oh, you want to illegitimize our first championships? Well, we're going to go out and try to win another one. Just prove you wrong. Well, it took the Patriots a long time, though, to get back there, though. It did, but 2007 was a revenge year for them. Until the end. Yep, until the bitter end. And this is uh, Carlos Correa's likely final year with Houston, expected to be a free agent this year. The two sides were unable to reach a contract agreement before the season. Both Both tried. He's the captain of this team. I think the Astros are going to rally around him, win it for him, and win it for all of them, but... That's another factor why I think Houston's going to win this. All right, to the NLCS, the game four between the Braves and the Dodgers is about to get going. ATL Atlanta is up uh, two games to one in that series. How do we see game four going tonight? Does LAD tie it up and make a crucial game five? How does this series go then afterward? We'll start with Zane on this one. I think the Dodgers will tie up the series and I do believe this game will go to a seven-game series at the most. I do not see the Braves pulling out of this one. It's been this case with Atlanta sports for a while, ever since uh, that big choke job with the Falcons in Super Bowl 51. All Atlanta sports have just been having choke after choke after choke. I don't see it ending with the Braves right now. Well, and this is another series where you're talking about a swing of the bat and everything changes because the the um, Braves were very close to going up 3-0 and that could have uh, you know that would have basically put the series to bed now all of a sudden it's feeling an awful lot like last year where they were in a very similar situation although they did take a 3-1 lead and blew a 3-1 lead we're kind of in a similar spot with the Braves here it's getting down to scary time even though you still have the lead and everything's still out in front of you that locker room you've got to keep everybody calm and say listen we've been here we know what we want we have to go out and execute and we have to make sure that we're taking care of business because we don't want this one to get away from us and continue this tradition of Atlanta sports failures. Guys, I've went back and forth so many times. I have no idea, honestly, how this is going to go. Alex mentioned this is a rematch of last year's NLCS and starting off the exact same way. Braves take a 2-0 lead. Dodgers win game three. We'll see if Atlanta wins again, grabs another 3-1 lead. I don't know. I love... Atlanta's starting pitching, Ian Anderson, has been really good. And they've dealt with some injuries as well. That Charlie Morton getting better with age, 37 years old, still going out there literally every postseason like the past five years and, and giving his team a chance to win every time he pitches. Atlanta has a great pull, bullpen as well. They're going with an opener, opener today. Jesus Chavez will start the game and will be mostly relievers pitching today. But with all that said, I'm going with the Dodgers. I don't know. Just a feeling when you have a team that's like about $300 million and an all-star at every position, and it feels such like splitting hairs to the side, I'm going to go with the Dodgers. I feel like this will probably end up in Game 7 with Mad Max on the mound staring down the batters with his two different colored eyes looking crazy as all get out and then just dominating, shoving as always. I think the Dodgers are going to win this in 7. And imagine if Trevor Bauer didn't get in trouble, Dodgers might be more dominant right now. 
Well, it's, it feels a lot like when Golden State, you know, every time in the playoffs it, when they were at their peak, everybody would say, oh, it looks like they're in trouble. They'd go down 2-1. You know, teams would jump on them. And all of a sudden, uh-oh, are they in trouble now? And then somehow they would always find a way to pull out until eventually injuries got them in the 2019 finals. It feels a lot like that. And, yeah, you, you if the Braves can't pull it off, you would definitely hurt for that franchise after the past couple of seasons. And Atlanta sports have just really been – struggling until the Braves pull something that is akin to like 50 straight missed uh three-point shots uh, 26 26 yeah but still until the Braves pull the baseball akin version of that it, it's probably going to be a it's probably going to be a case like that I don't doubt it the Braves are going to blow this all right one final topic here before we take a break cut somebody else from this program let's go back to the NBA uh, with it starting up, and obviously, especially with having so many stars playing last night, Steph Curry, Kevin Durant, Giannis Antetokounmpo, LeBron James, who wins the MVP? LeBron looked good last night despite the loss. Giannis looked good. KD, not so much. Who wins the Most Valuable Player Award this season? Christian, start us off here. Kyrie Irving. No, I'm just kidding. I was gonna <laughs> say. I'm going to go with Giannis. It seemed like, you know, Giannis, he's played great for years. Just finally being able to achieve everything last year, everything coming full circle. Loved following his journey this offseason, just soaking in everything from the championship experience with those fans. And credit to him for staying home and getting the job done there. He said himself it's easy to go anywhere and do his part on a super team and do that, but... He elected to go the hard route, get it done at home. I'm going to go with Giannis again, and I believe since there aren't really any other superstars on his team, that kind of helps his overall stats, you know, be able to give him a few more points compared to a LeBron who's going to have to share the ball with AD. Well, here's the deal with the NBA. The MVP is all about storylines. Whether or not we want to believe that these voters, they're talking about storylines, I don't think Giannis is a bad pick at all. I look at that and think, okay, you know, finally he's – got retribution, won the NBA championship. Another player that I'm looking at, though, is Luka Doncic. You want to talk about being absolutely dominant in the first round of the playoffs last year. He averaged, uh, I believe, 35-10-7 in that series against what was supposed to be a Clippers team with the best wing defenders in the league. He could absolutely win it just because he's going to put up ridiculous numbers. And there really isn't a go-to number two on this Dallas team because everybody was really excited about bringing in Kristaps Porzingis. And while he's had some moments, it's been kind of tough for him. So the reason that a player like LeBron won't win it is because there's just too many other players coming in and, like you said, kind of clogging the drain there and not allowing that to happen. And really the the last player to win an MVP with another superstar, I know James Harden won it with Chris Paul alongside him, but it was really Kevin Durant in 2014 because Steph, while Klay Thompson, that was an awesome team, there wasn't another player like an Anthony Davis or – a James Harden with Kevin Durant right now kind of deal. So based on the makeup of the roster and his just insane talent, the amount, the level that Lucas played at, and we saw what he did in the Olympics too, I think that Lucas is a pretty safe bet to to uh, potentially win the MVP this year. I, I'm going to make the controversial pick on LeBron James on this one. Uh, as you mentioned, Alex, about storylines being one of the main focuses when it comes to MVP, well, whose name is always in every single storyline no matter what game? It's always... LeBron James is somewhere mentioned in there, and I could see a case being made with him and Anthony Davis, possibly if there would be a co-MVP season. I disagree. Ever. Like 
they put both put up 67 points, did they not, last last night? Well, they combined for 67, but here's the deal. There's just too many other players, and also, yeah, there's storylines, but LeBron hasn't won an MVP since 2013. They've not been voting for him, so I think based on that and the fact they have even more star power, I, I don't see it happening. It doesn't matter the star power to me. What does, What should matter and what they should all take in consideration is the play on the court. And LeBron has had pretty consistent play over the years. And I could see this one being another dominant season by him. All right, guys, solid discussion. We'll take a break, come back, break it down to final Sports Buzz segment. We'll have two left. Stay with us. Neither rain, nor sleet, nor dead of night will keep the FM88 sports team from making its appointed rounds. Announcement over the loudspeaker just a moment ago that lightning just struck within 10 miles. People have to once again exit their seats. They are this evacuating the stadium once again. This is the third time. quite frank, it's a mess right now. And the snow, I hope you're warm where you are because it is cold here in Huntington as the snow has come down as we are just about ready to square off in the first ever MAC championship game. Well, the fans trying to entertain themselves here because the lights have gone out. They're having football by candlelight. How about that? Grab your Cavatier. <laughs> Holy cow, the snow is really coming down. Oh, this, is, this is a snowstorm right now that we are having. This is brisk. When the weather is nasty and you just don't want to leave the house, tune into the FM88 sports team to catch all of your favorite martial sports. We're there when you don't want to be. Back on Sports Buzz, I'm Andrew Rogers. Someone's got to go, Christian Palmer. Sorry, I have to let you go. We're going to have Zane Townsend and Alex Jackson finish us off here tonight. Any final thoughts before you depart for this program? Had a great time, as always. Uh, make sure to keep my baseball pick stored in the back of your mind because it is good as gospel. All right, Christian, thanks for your time. It's Alex Jackson versus Zane Townsend to wrap us up here in the final 10 to 11 minutes here on Sports Buzz. We're going to go to college football. Uh, Cincinnati is the number two ranked team in college football, believe it or not, but Cincinnati is number two. And what are our thoughts on that, guys? Is Cincinnati the real deal? Are they really the number two team in the nation? We'll start with Alex. Well, if we're talking about number two team in the nation, we got to talk about one of the downfalls with playing in the American Athletic Conference is always, well, you don't play anybody. So I went through and I looked at every single group of five representation in the New Year's Six Bowl since 2014, and I'm going to tell you their strength of schedule at this point in the season. So right now, Cincinnati has their ranked sixth in the FPI rankings, so maybe not number two, but definitely a legit contender. Number The 22nd ranked strength of schedule um, in 2019, Memphis was 65 ranked strength of schedule. Um, other teams that are comparable, undefeated group of five, UTSA has the 95-ranked strength of schedule. Coastal Carolina, 120. UCF was in the 80s. So you look at all of these. Nobody 
had the same level of strength of schedule that Cincinnati's had. And they have a quality win at Notre Dame that no one has had since Georgia in 2017. So I think that they are a legit contender. I don't know if I would say number two team in the country because I think there's some other really good teams, but they are the most legit group of five team we've had since the playoff has started. Cincinnati reminds me much of UCF during that, you know, the uh, quote-unquote uh, national champion year. Uh, they were that up-and-coming like young team that came out of nowhere and i'm looking at cincinnati's schedule right now upcoming is uh unranked navy team tulane who has been up and down south florida who's not really been notable in recent years the only ranked team they have coming up is on november 20th and that's smu and they're ranked number 21 and that's too low of a ranking to be honest that's a ranking where if smu loses a game or two they're definitely out of the rankings so cincinnati's schedule looks pretty uh well on paper it looks pretty easy coming up but also you gotta think but as number two team in the nation probably not but Number three or number four, I could make a case that they're definitely up there in the top five, but number two is just too high for this team. If Iowa did not blow a gasket like they did on Saturday, we probably wouldn't be having this conversation. Well, and what I think is you compared them to UCF teams of years ago. At this point in the season, I'll go to 2018 first, UCF had the 78th ranked strength of schedule and the year before that they were the 79th ranked strength of schedule so they were not playing nearly the level of competition that Cincinnati has I think this Cincinnati team is a cut above those UCF teams Uh, and and that quality win against Notre Dame I think FPI ranked sixth I mean you look at all the other teams that have had some losses I would like you said just got beat down this is a weird year in college football and I think Cincinnati's up there number two maybe maybe not but definitely I'd say top six I'm just waiting for the season to end up like 2007 where we had all these random teams ranked in the like top uh, four and then next thing you know it just ends up with oh it's just LSU and Ohio State it, well the, it's a big it's when, a big when the college game. football rankings come out we'll see some shake up here I mean these 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 the rankings I believe come out in a couple weeks and I think we'll see some differences here but that that is the system that we work with another discussion here in college football particularly about week eight no ranked teams play each other in week eight so which ranked school or schools for that matter plural goes down this week we'll start with zane i think number uh rank number 25 purdue is definitely not going to stay ranked for long uh they're playing wisconsin nebraska and number nine michigan state in the next three weeks there's definitely a chance that they are going to lose at least one of those games and lose that ranking but that's just a given when you're ranked number 25 in the other 20s, I'd say uh, at least, ba- not Baylor, but Pittsburgh has a possibility of also losing their ranking. Uh, looking at their upcoming schedule as well, Pittsburgh plays Clemson, who is, while not ranked this year, is still in, uh, how you'd say, pretty angry mode right now where they just want to win the games that they can. Then they play Miami of Florida, then Duke. Some of these teams, while not good in the now, they're in the uh, it's the late season stretch. Let's win some games so we can at least make it to one of ESPN's bowls. Well, the the Purdue one is interesting because they have not beaten Wisconsin since 2003. I don't think that's a bad pick at all. I also am looking at Wake Forest traveling to Army. Wake Forest has the 91st ranked rush defense, and what do you know? Army is the second ranked rush offense. Of course, that's one of their main claims to fame. So I, I look for Army to knock off Wake Forest. This is going to sound crazy, but Based on previous history and this team losing the last three matchups versus this other team, I think Miami over NC State 
Because And here's why. Because you're looking at a team in Miami who's desperate for a win. Go on the road. And they've, they the last two games have been a combined five points with losses. This NC State team struggled against Louisiana Tech. They had that almost choke against Clemson. They eventually pulled it out. So they looked really good against Boston College last week. But at home, Miami looking to get something. Their coach, you know, Manny Diaz, maybe on the hot seat, administration possibly being changed here, trying to just get a win. I would not be surprised at all to see Miami get that one. I'm not certain what the uh, score of the App State-Coastal Carolina game is right now, but that was one that caught my eye. So uh, I, I think Coastal Carolina is probably taking care of business, but I don't know what the score is for that one. Andrew, would you happen to know the score of the App State versus uh, Coastal Carolina game right now? I could check. Let me load it in here while uh, we get into our final topic. Final topic, um, who has been the most valuable player in the NFL so far this season? Who has been the best player in the NFL to this point and would win MVP if the regular season ended tonight? Coastal Carolina's beating App State 14 to 7 early second quarter by the way. Well, I, I mean, he won't win the best. He won't win the MVP, but one guy I want to mention on the Cowboys is Trayvon Diggs having an absolutely ridiculous season for a cornerback. He was somebody who I think he'll win defensive player of the year, I imagine, but if you're talking about MVP, this is there's not really a clear front runner and it's changing week to week. We're seeing that in the odds. I think as of right now, Dak Prescott, if the Cowboys can keep winning coming off that injury and and putting up really solid numbers, could be a solid pick, but again, it's just been so inconsistent this year because one week you look and, oh, yeah, this guy's a favorite, Herbert. And then all of a sudden, bad week, and then everybody just forgets about them. So I'd say as of right now, I would look at Dak Prescott. But, again, this is just such a fluid situation that I'm not certain what could happen. I agree with you on Trayvon Diggs. He is definitely going to be a front runner for Defensive Player of the Year. There is no doubt about that. I disagree with Dak Prescott. But I'm going to make two cases for two separate players. If we're going for a quarterback to win MVP – it's going to be 44-year-old Tom Brady. There's no question about it. His stats right now, 2,064 passing yards, 17 touchdown passes, only three interceptions, and right now he has a passer rating of 108%. That is unheard of even for a player of his age right now. It, it He's just pulling up these monstrous games out of nowhere. He's playing at such a high level. It, it, it's just preposterous. There's just no way a player of that age can be able to do this especially one in a, as ancient as he is in the pocket passing style where he relies so heavily on the blocking. Most quarterbacks these days are pretty mobile. I mean, Aaron Rodgers, he's still pretty mobile. That rushing touchdown he had against the Bears where he said he owned them against the fans. But Tom Brady's not really much of a rusher, but yet he's still slinging the ball like it, it, there's no tomorrow. And for my non-quarterback pick, it, it's no doubt Derrick Henry. Derrick Henry is just a monster right now. Uh, pulling up his stats right now, if my phone would ever load him, but right now he is... Uh, he's a number one running back yeah, in the he's, right he, now. He is. He's at 162 rushing attempts, 783 rushing yards, and 10 touchdowns. He is on pace to breaking Eric Dickerson's uh, single-season rushing yard record if he keeps this up, and potentially even break down LaDainian Tomlinson's touchdown record if he just keeps up this pace. There is no way anybody like Derrick Henry is going to show up in the NFL again, especially when the offensive styles have switched from more of a rushing style to passing 
every single down almost. Yeah, that sounds great and all, but you have to understand that the, the MVP is a quarterback award. Um, so I, I kind of agree with Tom Brady. I don't – listen, Derrick Henry's been phenomenal. I haven't been fantasy. I really appreciate his efforts. But I'll tell you this. This just isn't really a running back award. Adrian Peterson was the last non-quarterback to uh, win the award. So I don't disagree with you there. As far as Tom Brady goes, we'll have to see. I mean, this is, again – such a fluid situation it's a week-to-week thing he lights up the Dolphins one week and everybody's loving him and then it's like oh well now he's people want to write off players every week based on their performance so again fluid situation I'll go Dak Prescott because of just the trauma of the injury coming off last year and he's looked incredible I did not expect it and he's got the Cowboys in the driver's seat for the NFC East you did say that it's been mostly a quarterback award but what has been in recent years running back hasn't won it in nearly 10 let's not forget Lawrence Taylor is the only player to win MVP as a defensive player. Mm-hmm. So I, it, it's not impossible for a non-quarterback to win MVP. And I do say Derrick Henry has a case to be MVP this year. If Tom Brady falls off a bit in the second half of the season, I could see it. But Derrick Henry, he's definitely he, he's just a monster right now. Great discussion, guys. Have to agree with all those MVP picks. Strong finish from both of you. Time to pick a winner, and we're going to go with Alex Jackson. He's been a man on a tear this season. Zane, I know you came hard tonight. You, you gave it your all, came up just short. Alex Jackson's been a dangerous man this fall semester, but uh, come up short here. Alex, any final thoughts? Yeah, it's good to get a win. I believe this is my fourth on the Sports Buzz season, so it's been a pretty solid year, but we're uh, we're just we're getting better. We're hitting our stride, and um, we'll, we'll be back. So We're on to Cincinnati. We're on to Cincinnati. Alex is on to Cincinnati. Alex Jackson, the winner. Thanks for listening to Sports Buzz. For Justin Zimmer, Christian Palmer, Zay Townsend, Alex Jackson, I'm Andrew Rogers. Thanks for joining us on Sports Night. And join us again next Wednesday starting at 530. news program in the nation as honored by the National Broadcasting Society. More than 130 live martial sporting events every year. One of the top college radio stations in the nation. 